Welcome to the Meal Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. This is the 18th episode in the Co-Pilot series where we can chat about making the plant-based lifestyle a little bit more doable, especially while facing the common challenges and roadblocks we all face on our journey to better health and weight loss. I'm really excited about today's guest. She's actually originally from India, and so she has some really interesting sort of an outside look at sort of what's going on with health and living in America, and I'm really excited to talk to her about all of that. She also grew up with a strong vegetarian background, and that's something we don't see a whole lot of in America, but it's very common in India, so it'll be super interesting to get her intake sort of on that, and um, just, she's a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, so without any more blabbering, let me just go ahead and welcome her. Hey, Siri! Hi, everyone. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for coming on today. I know I I bugged you a little bit to join, but I'm really glad I convinced you to come and talk with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. (laughs) So one thing, one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the show was that you're still in transition. And a lot of times when I do the podcasts, uh, my co-pilots are people who have kind of hit the finish line. They have this great big success and they've been there for a while. But I've wanted to do podcasts with people who are still transitioning. It's a little bit newer so that other people who are just starting out can have something to really relate to. So maybe you can tell us about where you're at with your transition. And um, I know you've been a meal member for a year, but you haven't necessarily been like perfectly compliant. Yes, that's right. Um, Well, even though I come from vegetarian background, not eating meat or eggs, I do. Eat, I used to eat dairy in the form of yogurt and milk, but now, like you know, I'm transitioning away from eating dairy. I don't really have any problems not giving up meat or eggs because I never really ate them and avoided them. So the biggest struggle I have right now is with dairy and giving up dairy. Um, and same thing goes with my husband too. You know, we both are trying to transition. But apart, uh, other than that, the other problems that I had was with oil. Like, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. it was really difficult to cook without oil. And now, like, there is no oil in, in my house, you know. Like, <laughs> um, ever since I started following the meal plan strictly, like, I, I don't need oil anymore at my in my house. But I had challenges with social aspect. Like, when I went out to meet with my friends or family eat outside eat outside of my house even if it is at their place or at a restaurant it was literally impossible to avoid oil but now like I'm still transitioning wherever I go I ask for food without oil uh, vegan obviously and well that's the story of my transition so far yeah, and I think that's something a lot of people deal with. The oil issue is really is really hard. Um, and I know I have a friend, another friend, actually two friends who are from India, and both of them found oil to be very hard too because it's so central in yes. Indian cooking. And there's a lot of traditional Indian dishes where oil really kind of is necessary to like get the flavors to do it, the spices to do what they're supposed to do and to get the right consistencies. And I know you were a really big foodie, like you are like really into food and um, you just kind of know the best of the best with like Indian food. And so I imagine, you know, was that one of the big issues for you with the oil? Very big issues because a lot of traditional dishes call for oil and ghee. Mm -hmm. Ghee is like clarified butter, I think. It Um, is. So... 
but now you know like after sticking with meal plans my stomach just turns when i want to use butter like um but yeah the 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 very reason oil or clarified ghee is used in indian dishes is to is for tampering or for sauteing all the pulses and chilies and onions and garlic mm-hmm. but but i've learned you know like with your meal plans that it can just be done with water and heat so yeah that that has been a big challenge it was mostly for you to learn a new way to accomplish it yes yes to sort of learn a new technique and that was something for me too i used to like pour in the olive oil because my family is Italian and so olive oil was almost cultural and so I was like let me pour it in and I used so much of it and then when my husband was like you can't stop I was like what do you mean <laughs> how do I cook without it I have no idea yeah especially my grandma uh, when like she happens to live here too uh, with my other family members and she gets really upset when I ask her not to cook with oil for me you know i always request her to make a little portion of food without oil or ghee and she's like how it's impossible <laughs> like can never do like you know she just can't there are so many traditional dishes that she can't think uh, a way around and uh, more recently you know my cousin who uh, who lives with my grandma she did this challenge uh, to live on a dollar and 50 cents a day kind of um, uh, i don't know some challenge for a week with her friends and she went to dollar store and she bought all these pul- pul- lentils pulses rice and with the remaining dollar she ended up buying oil because my grandma demanded for it <laughs> <laughs> you know so i think it's really difficult like if the willingness is not there to move away from using that it's difficult uh, to transition I think that's the big mental part. Absolutely, I agree totally. Um I think it is like you said you have to have the desire to make that change and to learn and want to tackle on the challenge of learning and sometimes I definitely found with older people they're really it's they have such a long life history of a certain way and so it's like just incomprehensible that there's any alternative. Yes. Uh, my grandparents aren't with us anymore but I know without a question that's how my grandmother would be she'd be just like yours what do you mean no no you know um it would yeah it would be challenging yeah so one of the things um you mentioned that you were a software engineer for a technology startup which sounds so fun and so cool and one thing i know with a lot of the startups is they uh they do really cool things like they have chefs on staff yeah. or they do a lot of like um lunch comes in so you don't have to stop working uh, my best friend works at SpaceX and they have people cooking there for them and he's like it's actually awful cuz even when they offer vegan and vegetarian fare it's like dripping in butter and oil and it just hurts my stomach so i have to bring my lunch and you were saying sort of the same thing with you too is that um one of the perks offered is free food but you you kind of can't eat it yeah definitely uh that's a uh um that's a huge uh it's a huge thing for all these technology companies to get free food it's a great, it's a great perk but for me like initially i liked it before i turned whole food plant based diet um you know like 
Monday would be like a Mediterranean theme and hummus would come with a lot of oil dripping on it. <laughs> you know? And vegetables, like even though, like, I like that they try to accommodate a vegetarian like me. I am the only vegetarian in the office. We are a small team. Um, and I like how they want to accommodate me, but I don't like, 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 the the idea they have about vegetarians is any veggies dripping in butter and oil. Mm-hmm. Like, they they don't really understand the whole like other other side of you know just steamed vegetables or salads they don't understand that side they never think about a vegetarian food in other in otherwise uh, way of preparing um, the same thing with pizza they started ordering pizza from a place which can create vegan crumb um, bread um, some vegan more pizza I ever had. So eventually I started to not rely on the on that perk anymore and bring my own lunch to work. And especially with meal plans, you know, they are so portable and I can take them to work every day. So Yeah, we do try to make them portable, so I'm glad to hear that they are. And it's so funny, you were so saying almost the exact same words that I hear my best friend say all the time. And is that like, it's like they replace meat with butter and you're like, no, no, I really, I, I want a healthy option. I want steamed vegetables, please. Not fried vegetables, uh-huh. but um, I guess the chefs just don't, don't get it. Yeah. And, and sometimes when we have a sandwich day, that's, it is just impossible for them to get cheese out of sandwiches. It always mm-hmm. comes, even if it is vegetarian, it comes with some kind of cheese. And, I just can't take it off and eat it. It's it's not the same thing. Right. <laughs> so one thing that you had mentioned when we were emailing before the podcast was that you've been trying to improve your fitness lately, which is amazing. And you've been doing things like boot camps and you've been doing it for a while. This isn't a, necessarily a new development. It's something you're passionate about. Um, and you didn't have a lot of luck losing weight before. Yeah. Because but then you start using the meal plans and you've been seeing trends. You're losing, you know, you're losing weight, you're losing body fat. Maybe you can tell us about that. Yes, definitely. Um, about that, like when I used oil in my food, I don't think I was really saturated when I eat my meals. Um, now that with the meal plans, I think not using oil made a huge difference because I can easily add another extra 120 calories instead of a tablespoon of oil Mm -hmm. and still feel like very full. Like for 120 calories, I can actually add a huge sweet potato on the side and I'm good to go. Like that made me feel more full and not hungry and more satiated. So I think that made a huge difference getting rid of oil um, that easily gave me another 200 to 300 calories to use it to add any extra vegetables. I think that that was a culprit. I think so. Yeah, and it is for a lot of people. They And I don't think um, people realize quite, like you said, how dramatic it is that you could have one tiny little tablespoon of oil or you could have a big sweet potato or some, you know, a salad or some steamed vegetables. Like you can have so much more than that little tablespoon of oil that's not going to satiate you. And that was my big wake up call too when I realized that a tablespoon of oil had about the same calories and fat as a Snickers bar. And I'm like, wait, why, if I'm trying to lose weight, why am I dumping candy bars on my vegetables? Yeah, same thing. 
And so it's really good to kind of get that. And it really adds up because, like, even a teaspoon is still 40 calories at least. Maybe, yeah. Still, it, it's add, it adds up. It's very sneaky. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing I think uh, that made a huge difference also, the kind of nutritional advice I received from my instructors and, you know, those who were trying to advise me were, you know, they would, because I'm a vegetarian, they would make a big deal about protein. <laughs> As they always do. <laughs> like, they would ask me to add cottage cheese or, I don't know, mock meats, like, uh, whatever. Like, they wouldn't even know anything, uh, any any good substitutions. And, you know, eventually I realized I don't really need that much protein. I'm not going to die if I don't eat that much protein or right. not build strength or not lift heavy or not run faster. So actually I'm doing much better now. I can, I can stretch better. I'm more flexible. I can, I can, as a result, my body is more, it's listening to me. It's responding to additions I make to my exercise routine. So I, it just fell in place. It mm-hmm. just it just felt like it was uh, it was like a puzzle and puzzle pieces were falling in place. I felt it that way. That's beautiful, and I think that's true. And I mean, I was a personal trainer, so I heard it all the time from other trainers, and I still hear it. And they're always like, "Oh, you're a vegetarian, or you're plant based, you're vegan, or whatever." And they're like, "You need to take a protein supplement, and this and this." And I'm like, "Greens have protein, you know." I'm like, "I get plenty." And um, for a long time, I was listening to their advice, too. And I was like, and they didn't give good advice to me either. They were like, oh, you need cottage cheese. I'm like, I don't eat cheese. <laughs> and they were like, oh, well, you need to eat, like, tofu. And I'm like, but I don't want to eat tofu every day. Yeah. And um, when I just finally just was like, forget it and just focus on eating, you know, vegetables and fruits and greens and beans and, you know, rice and potatoes and stopped trying to, like, meet all these, like, gram requirements they had, my body responded beautifully. I did lose weight. I did get stronger. I ran faster. I was more flexible. Um, But it was like you said, I just had to listen to myself and feed myself properly. Yeah. And most definitely, my goals were not short term. It's not something I want to do for 90 days and then get rid of, you know, go back to old bad habits. Mm-hmm. I want to keep habits I want I want to keep for lifetime that I can make it work, you know, make things work for me wherever I'm in the world, whenever under any conditions and you know, plants and fruits and vegetables are there everywhere. All I would need is some water and I can easily cook my dishes and I'll be good to go I don't have to like no need to freak out and not I don't have to be overwhelmed with I need only certain things to uh, reach my goals and cut off certain things and um, deprive myself I don't feel like that anymore right and I like that you said you wanted, this wasn't something you were doing for 90 days. This isn't for like a boot camp or a teeth and pants or a wedding or something. It's not this 30-day, 90-day challenge. This is a life commitment. You are making, you know, this is it. This is forever. You want to be the best you can be, be the healthiest you can be, feel the best. It's not about some short-term thing. It's it's permanent for you. Mm, yes, so one of the topics you suggested, and I was so glad because I this was something I was thinking about too, is that you know you're originally from India and yes. you came to the United States and you've been here for a few yes. years now um, and you've been vegetarian all your life, which is 
very common in India, but for men and women. Um, and um, But you found that while you've had no problem staying vegetarian since moving to the United States, you've noticed that a lot of your peers who came here turned into omnivores and started eating meat, including your sister who grew up with you. Yes. Well, um, I was shocked when I, when I saw my sister eating meat. <laughs> well, she came before I, she came like five years before I came to the United States. And this was all like 10 years ago. And uh, we were always vegetarian. We grew up together, like same parents. Um, and we always loathed eating meat and non-vegetarian lifestyle. And when she came here, I don't know what happened, maybe peer pressure, I don't know what happened, but, or maybe uh, because of her boyfriend, I don't want to say that, but uh, maybe, I don't know. And I, one one day we went out to a restaurant and she suddenly ordered, uh, I think some pasta with chicken and I couldn't believe what I, like that was like the first time I ever saw my sister eating meat. Mm-hmm. And then um, I asked her, I didn't want I didn't ask her immediately, but later um, I asked her quietly why she was eating meat. And she said, it's just her wish. She wanted, she tried it once and she liked it and she wanted to do it. She wanted to eat it. So, okay. And then uh, I happened to share that with my parents and they freaked out. Oh my gosh. What? What What happened to you? And uh, they were very upset. They they were so upset. They didn't even they didn't speak to her for about a month. They were oh wow, wow, that is upset. <laughs> yeah, but but then you know they started to you know they didn't want to be angry with her. She explained. She said that it's her wish and she wants to do what she wants to do. And okay, fine. There's nothing you can. It's not that she that she hates vegetables. She still eats a lot of vegetables and fruits. Her diet is really good. I think she just added meat to her diet. Um, and I'm just hoping in future maybe one day she will stop because uh, I did go and prepare a few of our meal plan recipes like shepherd's pie, some soups, and um, some treats, and she really enjoyed them. I'm just hoping that one day she will make a switch and, you know, go back to uh, vegetarian lifestyle and slowly become whole food plant-based style. Um, You know, she will practice that. I know. I love that you're, like, subtly convincing her with food. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Which makes sense because you're such a big foodie and, you know, so it's perfect. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a big shock to uh, my parents. (laughs) They couldn't. They couldn't simply take it, you know. It was it was not easy for them. Yeah, I often wondered about that. If you were vegetarian and you raised your children to be vegetarian and they had been vegetarian, you know, for their life and then sometime in adulthood they stopped. I, I wonder how that would feel. I imagine very jarring and um, it could be disappointing maybe. I mean, but I guess the same is true if uh, you were a butcher and your kid went vegetarian. I guess they would be disappointed. You know, that's the problem with a lot of Indian parents um, uh, in India. Like, when they try to send their children for higher education to the Western countries, you know, if they come from vegetarian background, they fear their children will, uh, you know, try to adopt a Western diet, which is uh, more non-vegetarian, uh, pro, 
non-vegetarian. That is one of the biggest, uh, I think, uh, nightmares for vegetarian parents in India. Um, and if it, and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of people who come here, you know, like my peers, would secretly start like you know into they would get into the peer pressure and secretly start experimenting, which is okay, but you know, but then you can try, but. I think I don't want to sound uh, um, sound bad, but you know you should know that it is not good for you. There is a reason why you weren't raised as a non-vegetarian, and um, it should. I think it should be a bit of uh, you know they should be a bit more responsible before deciding and falling into a peer pressure. Why should you let others decide what you should eat? It's mm-hmm. up to you to decide and. There's a reason you never ate that before and why do you want to suddenly include that in your diet? So I saw that in my friends and, you know, they would lie to their parents and say that they are not eating or uh, they're not involved in eating, but they were eating in secret and, you know, um, just because they don't want to give a shock to their parents, like how my sister did. Well, and I think the fact that you're doing something in secret generally tells you that it's not okay or it doesn't feel okay with you or you're not confident in your choice. Yeah. One thing, um, the reason I love that you brought this topic up so much is actually a friend of mine um, that is from India originally. She was raised vegetarian and her mother was vegetarian and her father was mostly vegetarian, but he did eat meat sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, she basically said that in growing up in India, that meat was really expensive and it was so uncommon. It was very rarely eaten. Um, and, uh, her family kind of viewed it as a wealth thing. Like it was a sign of that you had money or, um, it just, you know, you were doing well. And she came to America and she said that she started eating meat because she felt like, cause it was affordable and she could buy it. It was almost like a status thing for her. Like, wow. Um, you know, I, I'm doing so well, I can afford to eat meat at every single meal. And so she ate meat. Thankfully she subsequently became whole foods plant based, but um, I was wondering what you thought of that. Yeah, it is definitely like in India, you have to understand it's a lot to do with religion and culture. Um, you know, people are, are a lot more culturally, like it's a cultural taboo for a lot of Hindus to eat meat. It's not to say that they don't eat meat. There are certain sects that are very, very, very strict and they are called as pure vegetarians. There, uh, there are some people in India who are called Jains, they don't even, they are even worse than, you know, um, they're like, they don't even eat root vegetables because they don't want to harm certain plants. So we have extreme uh, ranges of vegetarianism in India. Some vegetarians don't eat root vegetables, uh, some are vegan, some don't eat eggs, some don't eat dairy, some eat everything. And like those are non-vegetarian people. Um... I would say, like, yeah, it is definitely a, a way to show a status, uh, like, that they're doing really well, um, and it's a way to show off, but uh, it's not, like, it's more of a cultural thing, it's more of a, uh, how do I say, uh, it more has to do with this uh, different caste systems that they have in Hinduism and some caste people never eat meat at all and some of them do eat meat and I think that's where you know 
a lot of this generation children are confused are confused about which one to uh, adapt and um, how to fit in with with the world that's like a lot of western culture is coming into india now mm-hmm. so it's a little bit conflicting to um, to the to the young population to like they don't know which one which way to go and which one is right for them i think uh, yeah i think that is causing a lot the confusion is causing a lot of shift in what kind of lifestyle to adapt mm-hmm. to so yeah i think when you when you came to america mm-hmm. um having you know grown up in india having been raised a vegetarian what what is your impression of sort of like the american diet and how people ate like was it shocking to you was it horrifying were you amazed that people ate so much meat and sometimes three different kinds of meat at one meal like what was your initial reaction to the culture in america yeah well before i came to united states i did a lot of research online uh, there was a huge indian uh, student association in my university uh, where i went in new york and they had this you know specific section for vegetarians and how, what to expect and how to prepare <laughs> mentally and all that like what kind of like they would give tips that you know a cheeseburger is not really a cheeseburger it has beef in it and sort of clarifications so i think um oh that's funny i never would have thought that people would think a cheeseburger was just a cheese sandwich Well yeah in But I can see how that would be yeah I get that oh my gosh wow Yeah and uh, they were they would also give us some notes how to order at Burger King how to how to place an order in American restaurant and different terminologies um that you know that that is different in united states from india like uh, they were uh, and when i came to united states finally um i went i went and checked out the neighbor the neighborhood where i was living i went around the campus to the dining halls and it was pretty shocking like there was really nothing for me to eat um they had some vegetable options like salads but you know it still there was nothing really cooked that i can order um yeah so and also uh, another thing i was shocked about is the portion sizes it was li- literally like three times the portion size of a meal that when i compare it to indian portion size it was really huge and uh, cheese on everything that was my first impression everything had cheese on it and ketchup <laughs> <laughs> and everything was tasted sweet to me i don't know if it was it's my tongue i don't know if it was just me or others but um a lot of soft drinks like a lot of soda um i don't know i didn't enjoy it at all in the first few days when i came here um and you know just because i have no option seating outside i always carried food again from home i would never eat out as much except like at getting coffee at starbucks or something but i would stay away from all the dining halls uh even restaurants like if i if we have to go out there was literally very few items to order 
like even then i wouldn't be sure there used to be some rumors that you know um like in mcdonald's they would fry french fries in beef oil uh-huh. i don't know if it is true or uh, if if it is true or false but it would just scare me like i didn't know what to trust it it was a big learning curve to discover it on my own i had to do a lot of research on internet educate myself and be informed before especially regarding food i had to be uh, informed a lot and luckily for me my roommates were vegetarians also from india oh that's nice so <laughs> we would take turns and make food for all of us every week so the transition wasn't that bad Those are really interesting observations. And I was like, yep, ketchup on everything. Yep, cheese. And then, of course, like you said, that you would really be careful of hidden things, which I find is definitely kind of like a U.S. thing. Um, it's, it's, It's definitely spread to other places more now. But I can remember, like, in America that animal products seem to creep up in the least expecting places. And I heard the same thing about McDonald's french fries, that there was beef in them. And so I never ate them, even when I was a vegetarian. And now I wouldn't eat them no matter what, but um, I it was the same thing where I was like, no, I I don't I think there's stuff hiding in that, even though you would think that a French fry was vegetarian. Yeah, especially like I expected uh, to have some something centered around vegetables at least. Like salads were good too, but I don't know. I had bad experiences with salads because I never knew I could ask for dressing on the side. So uh-huh. they would always mis- mix up a lot of dressings, very heavy dressings for me. I don't know. I never really enjoyed eating outside initially. But now I like I I can make a sound decision when I go out. I know exactly what I want and exactly how I want it. So it's much better. That's good. I'm glad that you have that confidence now. And it is something that I think just builds up over time as you sort of figure things out. And so it, it's yeah. a little bit of a process. Yeah. Um, one thing for me is, because I live in Europe for part of the year, mm-hmm. when I come back to America, I'm always so shocked by how much breakfast is kind of like dessert here. And you had said that you thought everything tasted really sweet to you. And I definitely had that experience too. But um, everything like breakfasty in America is either animal product or it's like sugary and sweet and pastry like. And in, mm-hmm. in Europe, we um, people eat like deli meats and cheese or vegetables for breakfast. It's almost like they have the ham sandwich for breakfast is what I, is my big joke with Europe. What is it like? Like what's your breakfast like in India? And did you think American breakfast was like crazy? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when the part of India I come from is in the Southern part. So uh, every state and different parts of India is very different and it's, it's a lot of variety. So the place I come from, um has a lot of uh, the breakfast is more or less like uh, polenta with vegetables sort of or with uh, small rice cakes with lentil soup or uh, rice crepes with again lentil soup or um, sometimes like like it, in my home my mom all, always had oatmeal at hand too so sometimes i would have oatmeal um or some or at times we just had some rice with lentils for breakfast yeah, yeah americans would be like what <laughs> um, 
But that sounds good to me. <laughs> That's because, you know, she used to prepare food for the whole day before we all head out, we went out to school and before my dad left for work. So it would also be like a part of, a part of it would also would, would mean that my father would take it out for his lunch. So, you know, she would combine two or three meals together when she cooks and we would pick and choose and I, and like me and my sister, we always picked and chose those items just because it's easy for her to manage time cooking. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think uh, generally the breakfast is, you know, a little of something like a rice dish, you know, mixed with vegetables or with, um, or it is a, like a pudding, you know, like rice pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but uh, other parts of uh, India have bread. They have like a tortilla bread with vegetables. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, different parts of India have different kinds of style style of eating. Um, yeah, pretty much it's usually centered around fruits or veggies and a bread or like a grain and fruits and vegetables. That sounds so good and so healthy. My friend Kuntal, who's from India, he's actually climbing Mount Everest right now, but he's from India, and um, he uses the meal plans to lose weight and get in shape to be able to do Mount Everest. So it's really exciting, and we're really hoping he makes it to the top this year. Um, last year there was a lot of storms, and so nobody could go. But one of the things that he makes for breakfast, and you made me think of it when you said something like a tortilla, is he basically takes water and garbanzo bean flour, or I guess it's basan is the word for it. Yes. And um, until it's like a batter, and then he just like puts it in a pan, and it's like a big pancake, and then he just puts like vegetables on top of it. Yes, it's a very popular dish in north part of India. Yeah, which is where he's from. So when you said that, I'm like, oh, that must be what he's talking about. <laughs> and it's really good. He's made it for us, and um, you can use whatever on top of it, and it's really easy and it's really healthy. But I was like, hmm. <laughs> a non-sweet pancake <laughs> very different from America where it's got like chocolate chips syrup and sugar on top <laughs> yeah savory yeah it's very savory and so one of the last things is you are planning to expand your family this year which is very exciting yes. and um, obviously being um, a vegetarian your mom was obviously a pregnant vegetarian so this is not new to you but are you planning to stay completely whole foods plant-based throughout um, your pregnancy? Absolutely. No question about it. Uh, I just love this. I'm obsessed with the meal plants and I don't want to. I don't want to stray away from this. I want to make this work and uh, if, if, I, if I need to, I will double my meal plants and eat every day. <laughs> this, um, yeah. Uh, this is a great way and I've uh, also did some research and found that my body makes uh, reinvents itself and re-develops uh, itself every few months so what I eat now it would reflect you know in future days and future weeks and months right like skin hair mm-hmm. and everything definitely I want to have the best possible body I have uh, before I get pregnant or during pregnancy um I can't think of a better way to uh, to have my body ready for all these things. Yeah, and I love that you, you're looking forward. And that's such a good point that I think um, even I forget is that, until you just said it, is that what we eat today, you know, shows up later. Yes. 
you know, so you're like doing the work ahead. And that was one of the things with a friend of mine is she like really spent a year just getting herself healthy because she wanted to be like the best possible vessel for her baby. Mm. She just like spent a year trying to get as like healthy as she can. She's like, I want to just have like the best place for this baby. And um, it's interesting to me when I see pregnant women who often use their pregnancy as this reason to eat all these like really naughty foods and I haven't been pregnant yet but I like to think that when it happens I'm gonna want to eat like the cleanest best of the best you know for my baby I'm really optimistic (laughs) please yeah this is just you know this is a way to these are the standards this is the minimum standard I want to keep uh, you know to Mm -hmm. rise from and I can't think of a better way to nourish myself I feel good as it is following the meal plans. Why would I want to add anything extra to it or get, you know, deviate from it? I can't think of any reasons. <laughs> you know, I used to have excuses. Now I'm, I don't have any excuses. I'm surprised. Yeah. I think they, when you feel so good for so long using the plans, you're just kind of like, I don't, I don't want to not do it. No, I don't need an excuse. I just don't want to anymore. Yeah. I wanted to say, share something about uh, the one experience I had when I moved to United States. Yes. Student, uh, my one of my first jobs on campus was in the dining halls. Oh, gosh. <laughs> to my horror, I had to make uh, meat sandwiches. Oh, gosh. Um, that was one horrific experience I had because never in my life, you know, forget eating. I never even touched meat in my entire oh, life. Oh, my gosh. So that was one. <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> yeah that and um, I was kind of surprised why there was no labeling system on packaged foods in United States like in India uh, the packages food packages would have a green or a red dot on them green dot meaning it is devoid of uh, um, meat and animal products and red dot meaning it has meat products in it so I was wondering, that's a strange thing that, you know, U.S. doesn't have such, uh, those details on packaging. Yeah, not clear labeling. Yeah, the warning that, um... I would love to have that. Can we, can we do something? Can we make that happen? I want that here too. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, maybe we should pursue the government. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we need and, green and red dots. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to share one thing about uh, some McDonald's, like McDonald's restaurants in India. India also has McDonald's, KFC, Subway, Pizza Hut and Domino's and everything that we have in United States. They all, they're all operational in India too. But in some states and some cities, McDonald's are fully vegetarian. Uh, really? I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure a lot of people know that, but Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, around 30% of Indian population is vegetarian and they're like strict vegetarians and they're losing out that market. So they created some McDonald's restaurants that are fully vegetarian. No meat is served. Um, that's an, I thought that would be an interesting fact. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think I've like heard about it once, but I wasn't sure if it was a rumor. But that's really, now I know it's true that they really do that. And it's like, you wonder why they... Um, I don't know if you've seen the recent commercials here in America, but McDonald's has been doing commercials that specifically make fun of vegetarians now. And I'm like, that's cheap. That's so cheap, McDonald's. Um, But um, it it is all the more hilarious in a way and sad that they're doing it 
despite the fact that they have clearly successful vegetarian restaurants in India. Yeah, yeah. And also uh, restaurants like Subway in India, they keep uh, two different stations, you know, uh, one entirely dedicated for vegetarians and separate from non-vegetarians. The stations are like physically apart. Oh, wow. So it's almost like a kosher because that's, you know, yes. kosher does that. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so they're physically separate, like, you know, few, uh, I could say around uh, 20 or 30 feet separate, you know, just because some people have objections if, uh, you know... The like cross-contamination or something. Con- contamination or usage of utensils. They don't want to have doubts that way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I just noted those things and I wanted to share with you. No, I appreciate that. I'm really glad you added that in. That's so fascinating. And that was one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you on tonight as a co-pilot is because you have this just amazing perspective that none of us have. And I mean, just the fact that like 30% of the population in India is vegetarian, like that's, I can't even imagine that. It's because I think it's like 3% in the United States. (laughs) And it's like, I can't even imagine how... Um, wonderful that must be in some ways yeah it's definitely easier to be a vegetarian back home for me and one Uh, part and one question I wanted to ask you and it actually goes great with what you were just saying about all the restaurants is my understanding from my other two friends who are from India is that um, a lot of both it's not uncommon for mom and dad to work but um, you still have to cook. Like, it's not a question because either you can't afford it or there isn't access, but there isn't sort of like a lot of restaurants or um, convenience foods like in America. Like, you still have to cook even though you're working, whereas today, you know, we have in America, both parents are working, but then they kind of use that as a reason for ordering the takeout. But my friends in India said that you don't really have that option a lot of time. Yeah, that's true because it comes from it's, it's a culture thing again that, you know, we don't like to go and bring takeouts. That's an indication that uh, something is wrong. Like, what is wrong that you don't want to cook at home and sit together as a family? and Interesting. Uh, it's a, like, I growing up, my dad would hate to, you know, get the ideas of restaurants often. We would go out and eat outside. Like he would take us out as a family to eat outside, like twice in a year. Oh wow! Every weekend, you know, it's just. Uh, I think it's again a culture thing. It's not a good practice for different for many families. It's not a good practice at all. Eating, cooking food at home, and eating together is a big deal. Like it's they consider it necessary, um, and they consider it beautiful. Um, and they would love to replicate whatever outside food, you know, whatever you are craving to bring, to make it at home fresh and eat at home mm-hmm. uh, with no leftovers. Usually they don't, we don't really have a lot of leftovers. We prepare enough food to finish. Um, and then just because it's not the idea of uh, freezing rice, freezing leftovers is, you know, they don't buy it at all in India. They don't like it. Well, now times are changing, but at least when I was growing up, at least until last, uh, until 2007 or 8, I would think that it's, they still don't like the idea of going out and 
eating outside every weekend only occasionally or only when you know something went wrong you know like your kitchen your kitchen is under repair or you can't cook at home then you can go out or even then you know neighbors would help you have out. you over yeah they would prepare food and they would ask you to join them or help you out so that is an important like yeah that's a big difference i noticed when i moved here here everything like you know my parents would be surprised when i tell them you know like when i was a student that i cook once in 3 days i cooked enough for 3 days they would be like why why can't <laughs> why aren't you cooking every day it only takes half an hour to make a you know mixed vegetable curry and some rice or something every day i mean like it's okay i can manage like <laughs> no okay they would they would try to understand i'm busy it works here for me you know it works for me with meal plans it works it works fine so it seems like there's a real emphasis in the indian culture about eating fresh yeah. home cooked meals yeah definitely yes everyone like even in in india in schools they don't serve food at schools you have to bring from home oh so, really yeah there is no concept of uh, eating in school in school dining area we always take food from home snacks and food from home lunch um it's always been like that interesting yeah i'm a little scared about raising my children here i don't know what oh <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's what it's doable you know it can i'll find a way around it that's not a big deal and thankfully uh, you live in california and it's there's a yeah. little bit more vegetarian population here so hopefully it'll get yeah. better by the time your kids are in school Yeah, times are changing too, so it's a good news. So one final thing, um yes. you you probably won't even remember, but at one point you were posting, I think either in the forums or maybe in the private Facebook group that you were hungry for a samosa. And um my team really took that to heart and subsequently made samosa burritos. Uh, for a meal plan, which was one of the most popular recipes we've ever done, all the members were obsessed with the samosa burrito. So everyone at Team Happy Herbivore wanted me to tell you on the podcast, thank you for the inspiration. <laughs> thank you. I was sort of surprised because it came by in the next, I think next one after one or two meal plans, I saw it. I was I was really excited. <laughs> it was amazing. It's one of my favorite dishes. Uh, oh, good. I, we're really glad to hear it. <laughs> I loved it in the burrito it's awesome. Uh, another quick thing I wanted to mention about the differences between India and America is sure. in India street food is based around vegetables and fruits like I would there would be people walking around in trolleys cutting cucumber and selling or fruits fresh fruits in a bowl and giving like you know mm-hmm. uh just to like it's a very popular way to eat outside just fruits and vegetables. and here i really miss that i want somebody to start selling like that way so i can enjoy it here i think that's a major difference between the two countries that i saw yeah that was something i noticed recently when i was um i spent last fall in asia and i was amazed at how many street vendors were selling things just as simple as a baked potato and there was nothing on the potato it was just a baked sweet potato or it was cut up vegetables often cucumbers as you said and um uh, I was I loved it. You know, I loved that I could walk down the street and buy like this perfectly healthy fresh vegetable thing and um 
Even here in Los Angeles, occasionally we'll have people that cut fruit up on the side of the street, but that's that's pretty seasonal and it's not always around. And I thought that was really um, interesting and I really missed it. And I've heard, again, from my other friends in India about this, about how you can get people on the street corner who are just cutting up vegetables. I'm like, I would love that. Yeah. I think those sort of changes should come. You know, those sort of things should come here because it's they're so cheap, like... Bananas are cheap, mm-hmm. are cheap, fruits and vegetables are not very expensive at all. So I think they would sell really well if they're, less, if they're a part of street food here. Are there any fruits or vegetables or even spices uh, yeah. that you can't get in America that you had in India and miss? Yeah, uh, to be frank, I felt the vegetables tasted differently in both the countries. Uh, I don't know why. Not just me. A lot of Indian uh, Indian friends and families notice vegetables tasting differently here. Same vegetables I'm talking about, like squashes, uh, brinjal, eggplants, um, bell peppers. They all taste a little. I don't know. They they taste a little bit differently compared to India. I don't because me. I don't know. Maybe because of agricultural practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel in America a lot of times vegetables taste more muted, like they're not as strong in flavor as when I eat yeah. them in Europe. Yeah, um, but I can create all the bases that I need, like for cooking, like Indian for Indian dishes, all the curry bases, all the powders, all the spices, I can easily create them here, I can... I get, like, every grocery store here, all the Kroger's, all the Ralph's have all the spices. Uh, in the ethnic section, I can I can get what I want and create, uh, create whatever I need at home. That's amazing. That is one thing we do have really, most even big supermarkets tend to have really good spice sections here in America, and that's very fortunate. Yeah, I'm lucky that way. Like, I can get everything here. I think... Uh, U- United States has been more welcoming to all those ethnic <laughs> yeah oh. well we are a melting pot in America which is one really beautiful thing about America <laughs> is there's so many people from so many different cultures yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really present and especially I feel where we live in Southern California it yeah. really has become a melting pot lately and so we're definitely seeing a breadth a variety of cultural staples mm-hmm. yeah so that has been very easy for me it's not a challenge at all. So, And I like that you pointed out the ethnic section of the grocery store because that's my favorite aisle. I do almost, except for the produce section, I feel I do the bulk of my shopping on the ethnic aisle because that's where um, the prices seem to be better. But I also can get my staples like my lentils and my rice. And as you said, mm-hmm. a lot of the spices that I want to use to make a curry. Yeah, definitely. We, we know, I no longer have to go to like, I don't have to go to... Indian grocery stores to get my spices anymore. I get everything in local grocery stores. That's awesome. That's an amazing change. (laughs) Did you have any other last thoughts or suggestions or anything about, you know, Indian food? Is there some particular dish maybe we should try or, um, you know, you're the big foodie, so. Yeah, well, not anything like you guys cover pretty good variety already i would love to try other things now yeah 
thanks to meal plans i get to try you know i never knew what a shepherd's pie was before i made it <laughs> yeah i, I love it. we have a couple of variations like you know there's the american style and moroccan and i think we have a mexican one coming up soon and it's so mm. fun mm. so i will actually to to be frank i want to break from routine indian food i want to try the variety you know that, that's what keeps me excited and grounded about meal plans so many new things every week so many different foods i need i can try and so many favorites already okay um, i'm glad to hear it not just me my husband too so we really really enjoy this uh, this variety but sometimes when i crave indian food i i make it with no oil at all i'm surprised i surprise myself um, i can't believe how far i came and i'm so glad like i want to transition fully now like sometimes uh, like it's like yogurt is such a it's something that uh, is difficult for me and my husband to give up 100% i'm giving it up but sometimes you know my husband you know he's in love he loves yogurt and it it has been really difficult for him so until he fully transitions i wouldn't call myself 100% whole food plant based but we are getting there i can see it coming already and that's what counts you know it's all about the progress keep making progress and yeah. uh, i think you guys are doing really well so hats off <laughs> thank you and you can always a, a big thing our members now a lot especially the people who own um pressure cookers they're all making their own vegan yogurt now they're all plant based yogurt mm-hmm. i haven't tried it yet but that if you ever do you'll have to tell me how you and your husband like it cuz you guys i know india yogurt's a big deal and so you're probably very particular yeah that has been a that has that has actually you know yogurt is something we end our meals with in india it's uh, it has been encouraged since childhood but i i gave it up already it's my husband you know but still uh, i want us to go forward together i i wouldn't call my i still call myself in transition until you know unless he gives it up to then we are whole food plant based at 100%, 100% but yeah i follow the thread about making my own yogurt um i've seen recipes on from tofu um and i want to give it a shot yeah you have to tell me how that goes yes i will and you also need to keep us posted on uh the family planning and maybe when you have a bun in the oven we can have you on and you can talk about your pregnancy. Definitely, yes. I would love to. Well, thanks again for coming and we look forward to having you on again now that I know you're interested. It's been so fun and really I loved all of your insights from coming from India to America. I think everyone will find it really fascinating the points you made and um again I'm so so, so shocked about the McDonald's in some way. I'm going to be thinking about that the rest of the night. Oh my gosh. Thank you. But uh, all I can say is uh, I want to say this informal saying we have in India. Uh, you first feed the cows, then crows, then dogs, then cat um and cats and then you feed the guests and then you eat what remains. So this is something that I grew up with. Uh from my family and uh, I hope to continue the same way. That's beautiful. I love it. Honoring it's really honoring the animals. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you again for joining us and being my co-pilot tonight. 
And if you want to learn more, you can visit getmealplans.com. And if you join and you're a member, you can talk to me and Siri. We're both, uh, she's very active in the Facebook group and the forums. And she's so sweet, as you can, you've heard tonight, and a lot of fun. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So thanks for listening and have a good night. Thank you.